0: Here today, and um, yeah, we are. You know, it's summer, so it's pretty chill. I feel super relaxed, which I hope doesn't come across as like unprofessional or you look very professional, so that
1: compensates. Mm. I think you look lovely. So,
0: thank you. Thank you. Um, My name is Sonia, if I haven't met you, and this is Paul. (laughs) This is my husband, Paul. Um, anyway, I uh, um, uh, just I'm trying to think of a couple of announcements. Thank you, Kathy, for giving us an update on Vic, um, yeah. and we'll keep praying. Please continue praying for him and his recovery, and that um, um, yeah all goes all goes smoothly and well, and there's peace and rest yeah. in the yeah. in your home and space. Um, um, what was I going to say? Oh, we are having a um, a cleaning party. Are yeah, we on the thirteenth? On the 13th? I know, (laughs) we get to purge. I know, I cannot wait. So um, we are in the process of transitioning from this space over to Sunnyside um, neighborhood, not Clackamas Sunnyside, but Sunnyside, inner Portland, southeast, Belmont-ish, and 35th, Belmont and 35th. So Sunnyside United Methodist Church um, is over there and we are, um, Jamie and I have been, and many of you know Jamie and I have been busy, um, well, Jamie's been really busy. Um, <laughs> I go hang out and offer encouragement. No, but there's a just a lot that's been going on in transition because there's so many great entities and, and partners that are already in the space, and so we're working out all the details. All of the I, we I say we Jamie is working out all the details of all those things, and well, as a team, we're working all working. Hard, yeah. yeah, we're all working together, and so. Um, Anyway, it's been quite the process, but we've got a cleaning party, and we'll get details out to you. I think uh, if you're on our text alerts, you'll get it that way. We'll have it up on our Facebook community page, and um, we'll be cleaning and purging, and we'll just see what we can get done. You know, there's, I
1: yeah, look, it, I I've been assigned with like coming up with some projects. So for mm-hmm. those of you that like have been to things that are like cleaning parties or moving parties or something, like that. and then like things that, aren't
0: packed up and ready to go. Yeah, and you you're know what like, I'm talking about. You're I standing just stood around around for an hour. Yeah. Like, you know.
1: That's not gonna be this. No,
0: we will put you in I'm to gonna have
1: options. And, and so we're gonna, I, it's one of the things I'm gonna be doing this week is going through and, and targeting what are the spaces that um, we need to kind of uh, organize, get clutter out of. One of the things we wanna target is um, uh, one of the houses that the, uh, that are on the property that's right next to the, the church um, uh, has been broken into multiple times and, and used as um, a party scene would be a sensitive way of saying it i guess um and so jamie and i went through that one uh this week and and uh, we think it would really help to just start having some activity in that space because it's been vacant which is one of the reasons it's uh, getting broken into so um as a community we're having this chance to like care for a sacred space yeah and And um, revitalize
0: Yeah, to revitalize and reimagine and reinvigorate a space. And so, um, yeah, it's it's exciting and it's gonna be work. So it's both,
1: yeah. So you'll show up and we'll get, like Sonny said, details on times and all of that, but we'll have options. We'll have a couple of probably projects or areas that we're gonna clean up. There's like um,
0: Taskmaster and there's like Right, no. Oh. I'm just I, thinking about options. Okay. Like someone could be in charge managing, like move that yes. box. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I like and then that. some people could sign up for the grunt work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like it'll
1: be <laughs> Yeah, I
2: know,
1: right. Great. Seven managers.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. No, it'll be great. What was that? This Saturday. This next Saturday. July the thirteenth. Are you going to be gone? Oh. Change your plans. There's
1: plenty right. to clean. Yeah. There'll be other <laughs> days. Yes.
0: There'll be plenty. There'll be plenty of days. There I think I said, be. is it four? There's like, I've read a couple of things 44, 47,000 square feet of yeah. space. So. I passed by it the other day and yeah. it's like, old, like, the shade is, not
2: it's too big. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too big, but yeah, it's, like,
0: yeah. Dude, it's, it's monstrous. It's, it's daunting. So, so, yeah. Yeah, it created like some town. shadow. <laughs> there is a tower. Yeah. It is much like a castle.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. The, s- the space we're gonna meet in will actually be kind of a lot like this. Like the, where we're gonna initially uh, meet is, uh, I think that's decided.
2: Yeah.
1: We've been discussing this and this seems to be the consensus among our, our elder leadership team. Uh, is that there's a social hall. It's kind of like this, but it's got like wood floors and it still has the stained glass windows all along the back and um, it's Mm -hmm. a nice space. And um, we did the event there for Amina Brown, Mm -hmm. um, the spoken word poet Mm -hmm. uh, in May. And it it worked great. It was a fantastic space for that kind of thing. And so it'll probably feel real comfortable to those of you who've been comfortable in this space. It'll be a similar size room, similar kind of thing. And so, um, yeah. yeah, we're excited. Uh, I mean, everybody's excited. I'm even excited, even though I'm the nervous guy that is like, oh, everything's gonna go wrong. But um, <laughs> I keep coming back to positivity. <laughs> do you? <laughs> uh, do you? <laughs> 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 do you? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: really? Do you? Yeah. <laughs> For the sake of In this. In public spaces. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fair. I, it's much easier for me to do it in public spaces than to be like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- wasn't that better? Wouldn't it wouldn't be better than you know, if I was like negative all the time publicly and then just positive. Yeah, you're all right. The time at home. If
0: I had to choose between them, <laughs> yeah. I pick this one. Yep. Anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But I don't. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right.
1: We? Is that it? I think
0: that's it.
1: Okay, so you're going to Houston this week.
2: I am.
0: I'm going to Houston. I leave tonight. I'm actually taking a red eye. Through Denver, um, yeah. There's just there? a lot of that on frontier. It gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Oh. Right. It was an inexpensive flight, and yeah. here we are. How yeah, long yeah. Long yeah. Long I will be there till Thursday. Yeah. I go to no, are you kidding me? Uh, I'll you guys maybe can high five, five in the air. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about when you get there. Maybe we can. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going with uh, United Methodist with United Methodist Church, uh, Leroy Barber, who's <laughs> my um, I don't know, what is he? he's kind of my boss.
1: Your overseer? <laughs> yeah. If, if, if you were a CIA agent, he'd be your handler?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. that's exactly it, yeah. yeah. So I'm going with him and a couple people from the Innovation Vitality team and a few other ministers that are working in, um, in uh, churches and in locations where there's a lot of unhoused uh, ministry and work going on, and so I'm going down there as part of a learning trip and I get to, there's a church in Houston, I can't remember the name of it, but um, multicultural church and a place where um, there's worship together between, with unhoused and housed and there's mm-hmm. lots of different socioeconomics. So anyway, I'm going to go and learn and observe and they do some entrepreneurial kinds of things too to make it all work financially. So I'm going there with loads of questions and obviously a lot of it will um, be com- very relevant to the work that we're starting here at Sunnyside. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about that. But not excited about the, I thought I it was gonna be 95 and superhuman, so there's <laughs> that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm excited you get these opportunities. You are? You believe that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I
0: do. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I know you are. No,
1: no, now's the scene in the skit um, when I uh, usually passively, aggressively uh, work out my jealousy, fear, <laughs> and insecurities.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Welcome to the Groves, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. But I
1: think that you you interpret that as love, care, admiration, longing to be together <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and totally. support.
0: I feel nothing but love and Is yeah. that true? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, so
1: my character in the skit tends to practice um, emotional repression.
0: <laughs> Just stuff it all deep down inside? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it if comes out as
1: things that aren't. In public. Mm. As, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> just a safe space. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: No, we've been um, we've been more intentional lately about working on our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been reading books, listening to books, and um, podcasts, and uh, lots of talking.
0: Processing, it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you love processing? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually you like. No, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I do. Okay.
0: Yeah, I know yeah. you do. You yeah. do. Yeah.
1: So, I
2: mean, it, and
0: and you're a verbal processor, yeah. which I am not. I have to think about it and like I, right. it's feeling and then I have to think about it cuz it's feelings, not words. Yeah, yeah. And so then so has I'm lots in of the talking processing, and a decent
1: amount of crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not an excessive amount. No. Just a decent. Just amount.
0: there's feels. Yeah, they yeah. have no words. Although I've probably and been
1: doing most of the crying, which is the <laughs> yeah, weird <no. laughs> Thing. I don't know if that it's true. been the change yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I would say it has been yeah, in the sure. last six months yeah yeah been really wrestling with identity and and uh, wrestling with um, how how we do our work because how we do our work has been changing um, and so we've been trying to navigate what that looks like and and Sonia has been traveling a lot more and so I've been at home a lot more and she's been uh, w- doing a lot of the work for this transition most of the work for this transition so that's Really kind of changed our roles and that's been um, it, it was surprising, you know, and I spoke about this um, a Couple of months ago and just how challenging uh, that has been but um, one thing I've noticed is how important it is um, For how we respond to one another, you know There's tons of things that we're learning and that we're but in our communicating how we respond to one another seems to be one of the biggest Things, you know for so for example when you have these opportunities to travel, right? In the past, I might respond in a way that feels like I'm upset with you, which escalates things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, have you, have you noticed any of that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 have yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: well, what I'm really saying when I act upset with you when you're leaving is that you know, I miss you, or I'm worried your success might uh, lead you to not needing me. Right, mm-hmm. or well, that, that wasn't a punchline. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was deep, vulnerable, emotional. Yeah, it makes <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's
1: payback. <laughs> or I, you know, what I'm trying, what's going on inside is, you know, as as you grow, am I still good enough? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I want you to be cared for and protected, you know? And so when you're gone, that's hard, right? Mm-hmm. So in short, what I'm trying to communicate is I love you, but I you know, don't have the emotional maturity to all the time, right? That's a lot of what we're growing to. So w- when I respond in this way, um, or when I respond in an emotionally honest way, it changes everything, mm-hmm. right? That's been completely different. And so um, now the rest of the talk today is not about communication Within relationships or emotional vulnerability, I've done far enough of that mm-hmm. in People the last. People are yeah. like, "Oh my yeah, God, yeah, like, what's going slow on. it down, slow it down." Let's, Too let's, honest. Let's diffuse this with laughter. Um, so we'll do as much of that as we can. But we are looking at uh, Moses's response to an encounter with God. Um, and in that way, the principle remains the same. The principle mm-hmm. of how we respond uh, really matters. So we're just gonna jump right in.
0: Yeah, we're gonna jump right into the text. So we're yeah. in Exodus chapter three. We've been working through the book of Exodus if you're new with us or haven't mm-hmm. been around for a couple weeks. Yeah. And we are finally in Exodus, we're in Exodus three. We're gonna take a huge chunk today. So um yeah, are you ready to bite off a huge portion of that? Noah's ready. Okay, here no. we go. <laughs> Noah's, like, Noah's like we're reading from the NET. Noah
1: today. just wants more emotional honesty. Yeah. Just hey, give me more of that.
0: <laughs> And
1: my popcorn. Nope, we're reading today, Noah. It's we are reading scripture. the word.
2: Here
1: we go. <laughs> <laughs> emotional dishonesty. <laughs>
2: we'll talk about that
0: later with your family. That makes
1: sense. Somehow that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> All right, uh, Exodus 3, verse 1. We're reading from the NET, uh, the New English translation today. Uh, Now, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Uh, They were from Alabama, apparently. Um, Why? It just slipped out. It was so terrible. Rewind. Anyway, the priest of Midian is who Jethro was. And he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to the mountain of God uh, to Horeb, uh, which I believe is also another name for Mount Sinai.
0: Yes. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Um, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from within a bush.
0: Can you explain the angel of the Lord? What does that mean?
1: Well, you're asking, uh, be more specific. Oh, well, I just
0: wanted to point out I was asking so that you could (laughs) say it. That was a setup. Um, But the angel of the Lord, um, so um, we believe that this was actually God appearing, right? So like the phrase says the angel of the Lord, but it wasn't like a messenger from God but it was actually God himself in the bush, is what most commentators that I read Mm. said. Okay.
1: Yeah, and there's speculation that that is even like, uh, when it appears in any kind of physicality, kind of like a prefiguring of the appearance of of Christ
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, uh, on the planet. But the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from within the bush. He looked and the bush was ablaze with fire, but it was not being consumed. So Moses thought, I will turn aside to see this amazing sight. Why does the bush not burn up?
0: So the first thing that I noticed and I noted when I was reading the beginning of the story is that Moses, it's important here that Moses takes time to investigate, right? And I I was just thinking about this. For me, I I enter the scene pretty quickly. And I wonder, I'm like, would I stop and pay attention to that? Or, you know, there are other fires that would happen. Like, would I just be like, oh, a fire? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would or how would I are. Are there times when something different or unique or something is going on? And I'm like, well, that and then I move on. Or am I paying attention to the things that are going around me and do I stop to investigate? Yeah, that's, that was, a, anyway. that's
1: an interesting side lesson, right? He's yeah. so in touch with the environment that he's living in that he notices this, this aspect, this, this unique aspect of what's going on. That, yeah. that it's not just simply a fire, but there's something something, something
0: unique about this mm-hmm. and and so um and we're going to see this but Moses takes time to investigate he he turns aside he stops what he's doing he stops from his regular shepherding yeah. every day mundane and he notices it and he turns aside to check this out and God notices that he does that and I think that's an important little take yeah yeah and then one of the things too that I was was striking me for, with this was that uh, the question was, is this Moses' first experience with the Hebrew God? So remember, he grew up in Egypt, mm-hmm. right? And so he grew up in an Egyptian context. I'm sure that he learned about Egyptian gods, Egyptian but religious. But at least when he was
1: young, he was, yeah. he was Until raised he was by weigned, his own he mom. He was
0: with his, his Hebrew mom. Yeah. yeah. So that is there. But yeah, anyway, I was wondering, is this Moses' first encounter Right. Yeah. It definitely is with in God. the literature, right? Yeah.
1: In the, in the storyline, it definitely is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can speculate that he had what we might call uh, uh, at least a, a knowledge of God through the stories mm-hmm. because he he obviously identified as a Hebrew person as a mm-hmm. you know somebody who's from that that line mm-hmm. um because of we know in his story his identification with the the slave that was being mm-hmm. uh, mistreated and then he de- came to the defense of that slave and, and killed the Egyptian mm-hmm. so he identified with them so he I think we could speculate. He knew the stories mm-hmm. of his ancestors mm-hmm. and the, which, you know, the story of God is woven throughout that. So he had to have that. The, and so I think that's all precursor mm-hmm. to this, to this experience. Um, verse four says, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look.
0: So I'm just saying, just pause. Oh. God noticed that he turned aside to mm-hmm. look. And I think that was just an important thing that st- stuck out to me was that when Moses took a moment to investigate, God noticed mm. that he was paying attention, yeah. and I, t- for me, that was just, I just felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me as I was reading this, like, when you pause and take a look, when I'm getting your, you know, yeah. like, when you stop doing what you're doing, and you're paying attention, God notices that, mm. anyway.
1: Yeah, that's a good side note thing for why we do what we do here mm-hmm. on Sundays, that, right, we take a pause in our week, mm-hmm. and we just go, you know, let's hey. hear from God. Yeah. Let's let's praise God. Let's let's notice yeah, the place, place that God's speaking. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's cool. Continuing, uh, God called to him from within the bush and said, "Moses, Moses," and Moses said, "Here am I." Was he um, hard of hearing? Yeah,
0: Moses, Moses. <laughs> He's like me, Moses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I. Uh, one of the notes in the commentator said there's a there's this. Um, in the story, even in Genesis, there's like Abraham, Abraham, Jacob, Jacob. And there's this emphasis, like double time, the name used both times to just affirm that it was Moses that he was talking to and that like God knew who he was and he was talking very specifically to him. So it's just stressing um, that that Moses was intended to encounter mm-hmm. God in this moment. Make sure moment. you got the
1: right Moses. Yeah.
0: Are you Moses Moses or yeah. Moses Moses? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I, it was the right probably one.
1: Probably not true, but it's funny to think of. Yeah. Moses. No, not you, Moses. You, Moses. <laughs> Only funny to me? Okay. Yeah. yeah funny Jethro. <laughs> you, Jethro. Um, <laughs> verse 5. God said, do not approach any closer. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Um, yeah, Sonia put a note here just uh, talking about the idea of holiness as being set apart. And um, like linguistically, you look at uh, the, the Hebrew or you look at the Greek, th- that the idea behind those words that gets translated holy, like the primary idea is an idea of set-asideness or um, you know s- something that, even the, so the idea of sacred, something that is put aside for a special purpose. And, and I wanted to take a moment and, and draw that out because, like, we often in our language, when we use the word holy, uh, communicate like a moral purity, right? We jump right to that thing first. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, like, the purity of something isn't connected to the idea of holiness because it is. The idea is that when God sets something apart for himself, then that changes what that thing is right? And so um, they even speak of the implements used in the temple, if, if you read through Leviticus, and these are sacred items, these are holy items. Um, well, they're not more morally pure, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the fork that's being used to move the meat around isn't a, a more pure fork, but it had to be kept clean in certain ways, and so it was set aside, and then it had certain uh, protocol that kept it um, as, as, as sacred and as used for just that, that thing. Mm-hmm. And so I like the idea that the entry point isn't uh, about purity, but the process of being used as something set apart uh, by God does have a transforming and a purifying effect mm-hmm. on the individual or the, um, you know, or the thing, right? So mm-hmm. I think the uh, set-apartness comes first, and it's good to remember that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, so in this moment, God is inviting, so God's like, Moses, come closer, and Moses takes a step, he's like, hold up a second, take your sandals off, because this is, set. This, where I am is set apart, it's holy, yeah. it's other, right? And um, one of the commentaries said this, even though the Lord was drawing near to Moses, Moses could not just casually approach him. There still was a barrier between God and human, and God had to remind Moses of this of this with instructions. The removal of sandals was and still is in the East, a sign of humility and reverence in the presence of the Holy One. It was a way of excluding the dust and the dirt of the world, but it also took away personal comfort and convenience and brought the person more closely in contact, brought the person more in contact with the earth. Mm -hmm. So taking off his sandals was in effect, this like, right, like displacing, like moving away from earth about the dust, about all that Mm -hmm. and moving closer to God. And so there is; it is a movement of being set aside for something. Mm
1: -hmm. Verse six, he added, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Verse seven, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows.
0: Yeah, so these two verses, basically we ha- what we see here is God is, he's saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I am the God who made a covenant and keeps promises with your ancestors. Yeah. So this is what God is saying about himself already. So he's already, he's explaining to Moses who he is, because this would be new to Moses, right? right? This is not information that Moses already had or what he knew about God. He's saying, look, I'm the one who keeps promises. And here's the thing. I have seen and I've heard, and we talked about this in pre- previous talks, because God hears, he sees, and he acts, yeah. right? And so God is, God is saying, I've seen the affliction, of my people I've heard their cry and that word for cry is actually a technical word that would be used before a judge like someone making their case like this is the offense that has been taken yeah. and God's saying I have heard that cry that petition and I am here to I'm I am in action and I'm going to make things right Yeah, um, in this moment yeah
1: which I would remind us that um, I think it's verse or chapter 12 of Exodus tells us that at this point you know, the people of Israel have been under these conditions for over 400 years. Yeah. You know, when you think of... So that's that tension. That tension of believing in God is absolutely a saving God. God working out his salvation in the world. But how many generations Mm -hmm. came and went crying out, waiting. And it becomes a collective cry, a collective waiting, which really we have an opportunity to continue to be a part of on behalf of the vulnerable in the world is to continue to cry out how long god how many generations will will the vulnerable will be taken advantage of how long god till you ultimately save us from ourselves from our brokenness from our sinfulness because
0: our temptation is to say well god you're not doing this like now so what does it matter right. whether or not my cry is right co- but a we collective. are in a chain
1: we are a, a, yeah. it's a collective people crying yeah. out over generation after generation and it's worth it to be doing that mm-hmm. and it's hard to remember that you know
2: Is
0: there between the 400 years of the
1: There might be some symbolism there, but I don't know. I've not uh, looked into it. Yeah, so I wouldn't have an answer off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Verse 8, I have come down to deliver them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from the land to a land that is both good and spacious, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the region of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now indeed the cry of the Israelites has come to me, and I have also seen how severely the Egyptians oppressed them. So now go, and I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt.
0: Yeah, okay, so here, you know, we have Moses who, just a reminder, for 40 years he's been a shepherd, right? So he was in Egypt, right? And and he runs away, he's fleeing from Pharaoh as a fugitive. And I imagine, if I'm Moses, I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm going back there. I'm gonna, I've got my shepherding job, I've got a great family, right? Like, he's rooted, established. Like, you know what I'm saying? He has no need to, you know, he's like, look, I just saw a bush burning. Like, and now he's getting swept into this, like, call. Right. Yeah. So anyway, and and so it begs the question to me. I'm like thinking about Moses. I'm like, who does God call and who does God invite into liberating work?
1: Yeah. Or we might we might refer back to our discussion about holiness. Right. Uh, You might ask, who does God set apart or make holy for his work? Yeah. You know, does he make the the morally perfected person, you know, right. and we're all thinking
2: murderer, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like because he was a murderer by yeah, the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, so the answer is no. It's not the morally perfect. It's not the the person that's already He been. wasn't in justice
0: work. Right. He wasn't like right. praying daily for yeah, yeah, yeah. God to come and alleviate the suffering of Egypt. Right. Right? He's a shepherd. <laughs> Yeah. Hanging out, like not wanting to go anywhere near that yeah. mess. Yeah. Right? And God cho- chooses
2: yeah.
0: him. So this extraordinary event, this burning bush, Moses stops what he's doing to investigate. God notices him, calls out to Moses, invites Moses to come near, you know, and to distance himself from all that is unholy, right? Come closer to me. And then he calls Moses to be somebody to liberate Israel. So an encounter with God. So here's the pattern. An encounter with God which I would say, probably all of us could say, we've had an encounter with God, an encounter with God, um, an invitation to come closer to God, and it doesn't stop there, because then God's like, guess what? You get to be part of the liberating work that I am doing in the world. Right. Yeah. And that, I think, is a storyline that we ought to be familiar with, and a storyline that we ought to be engaged in and with. Yes. If we stop at encounter with God, Right. If we stop at yeah. coming closer to God, if we stop, right? Like yeah. there is a there is a trajectory here. Well, this like informs that God has the
1: philosophy that we've always had. That's represented in our kind of statement: deep in God, deep in culture, is that. Um, without either element of that, we're not embracing the entirety of the call of God or the entirety of, of, the, uh, of the gospel, right? Like here you have both. You don't have him just deciding to go do justice work and to do liberation on his own. Yeah right? He has, the, I love that image, an encounter with God that drives him out into the world to do that work. Mm-hmm. And we need both. And and we talk often about how, um, you know, in large sweeping terms, movements of the churches, of the church, uh, big C, has kind of divided this up, where parts have decided, we're going to do the liberating part, we're going to do this social justice, social gospel, um, and that's going to be our primary thing. And there's not a, not a lot of concern with, like, a personal encounter with God. And then there's other portions of the church that it's just the opposite, that everything is about this personal encounter with God, and it can kind of fall flat after mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. that, that then the mission is just to have, help somebody else have a personal encounter with God, right? Mm-hmm. And, and here and over and over again it's this theme throughout Scripture, that it is this encounter with God that then drives you out into the world to be part yeah. of that liberating force. Yeah. And the question
0: is, can you even come, can you come close to God and not participate in his mm, liberating work? Yeah. So anyway, there are four, okay, so there are four, four, we're going to go through this. I'll just throw that out there. There are four responses that Moses has to this call. All right. Mm -hmm. Now. N- none of them are can't wait okay so <laughs> here we go here we go because <laughs> so i'd be like yeah man god's calling me to go save some people like yeah. that's how i feel really? like i would be even yeah. if you
1: had killed one of them and yeah i'd be <laughs> like
0: that's awesome that i can still participate anyway yeah. i would just be like oh. yeah anyway I but this is I'm not, more Moses-y than yeah, you. Yeah, Moses was not an Enneagram 4 wing 3. Okay, we know yeah.
1: that. Okay. Mo, uh, verse 11, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh or that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt?
0: Yeah, so the first response is, who am I? Right? Like, who am I that, I mean, obviously I'm arrogant enough to go, yeah, <laughs> I will do it. Uh, Moses is like, you know, <laughs> I lack the skills. I'm not significant enough. Who am I? You know, like, he's probably like, we yeah. just met, God. Like, well, he's familiar with the protocol, me.
1: right? Yeah. I mean, he knows the the what the what he's being asked to do. Yeah, he was in Egypt. He's familiar with the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the <laughs> protocol of the court. Yeah. And and so it's probably. He's like,
0: yeah, I'm not, they're not going to, yeah, anyway, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, I don't know. Who am I that I should go do this? And God's response is, verse 12.
1: He replied, surely I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that I um, this will be the sign to you that I have sent you. When you bring the people out of Egypt, you and they will serve God on this mountain.
0: Okay, so I am not, who am I that I should do this? And God's response is, I'm with you. What is, I mean, not the response that I want to hear all the time, right? He is
1: talking to him from a, like a eternally burning bush, though. So that, <laughs> it seems significant.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the significance here, so the point is, the significance is not who Moses is, but who God is,
2: Yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
0: And the promise is presence. The promise is that God is always gonna be there. Yeah. And in the reality, if I'm just slipping back into like this moment right now, in, in the work, even in Sunnyside, Jamie and I were just talking about the, the Sunnyside funk that we've been feeling over the past couple days, with the overwhelming, like the overwhelming part of it, the yeah. task that seems, Right? And it's like, oh man, I am, what is the promise? The promise is the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I undervalue that. Mm-hmm. I forget that and the significance of the presence of God, like what that means to have God's presence, and we're gonna explore that in just a moment. But um, one commentator said this, it will make little difference who the servant is or what the servant's abilities might be if God is present. The mention of God's presence is not a simple catchphrase. It represents abundant provisions to the one who believes. right? The other part of this, this response from God that frustrates me, just as a human, is he's like, the sign is, you're going to come here and worship. But the sign is like after the effect, mm. after the fact. right? Yeah. After you go liberate, the sign will be, like, you'll come right back here. Yeah. And if I'm Moses, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to need signs like right. now for yeah. you to prove to me that this is I, real. I
1: don't think you actually would, because I think yeah. what you just said, and then even describing <laughs> what you've been doing with Sunnyside is you're like, yeah, let's go do this. I don't care how big it is. I'm the one going, <laughs> I need a little more data. I need to, he's Maybe like, after you get this thing run and I'll show you, I'm with you. I would prefer, <laughs> a mobile bush, you know, like <laughs> something I can, can I take this with me? Yeah,
0: in yeah, a little kind of way. Like I a little, just pictured it in a red wagon, yeah, I don't just, know why, that was good. It's a, a, burning, a bush burning bush
1: in the wagon with me, you know, that's just- This is just, the
0: proof, guys. That the spews proof is money. right here. You know, yeah. you're like, shh, here we go, okay, we can fix that, yeah. yeah. All right, so, so the first response is, who am I? All right, the second response, verse 13. Yeah,
1: Moses said to God, uh, if you go to the Israelites and tell them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What should I say to them? God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, you must say this to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you.
0: Oh, man. Okay, so the second question, first is, who am I? The second is, who are you? Yeah. right? Who yeah. are you? What is your name? Like, who am I, what, whose name am I going in? And um, this was really, this, you know, I, I remember reading and just getting puzzled with I am, and you know, a part of this is because English construct or structure, like verbs, nouns, that was always very hard for me, <laughs> like, so anyway, but God responds, his it name. it was your second language? Yeah, no, <laughs> no.
1: no. <laughs> I used to do that to people when we were in college, be like, can you believe how good she speaks English? It's terrible. It's kind of racist. Uh, I I don't, don't think do we anymore. could do that today. I no. shouldn't even be telling you this story, um, but I couldn't help Let's it. Let's go on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I apologize. So
0: God, when he's when he's asked, "What is your name?" God responds that his name is a verb. He's ac- He's active. He's doing. Um, so one commentator said this. So when God used the verb to express his name, he used this form, saying, "I am." When his people referred to him as Yahweh, which is the third person masculine singular form of the same verb, they are saying nice. he is, okay? So Yahweh is just another form of I am, yeah. right? He is, I am. Some commentators argue for a future tense translation in this. I will be who I will be, because this verb has this active quality about it. And Israelites lived in light of the promises that were to come. They yeah. were a, we're living by faith, we're living by the promise, so it is, who he will be, who he will be. That would be an accurate name for God. And, um, but the idea of the verb would certainly indicate that God is not bound by time. And while he is present, I am, he will always be present, even in the future, right? Yeah. And so, again, what is God communicating to Moses? I am present. Yeah. That's who God is. That's who I am. I am present. I am here. Yeah. Powerful.
2: Yeah.
1: Ready to go on? Yeah. Verse 15, God also said to Moses, you must say this to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial from generation to generation.
0: Yeah, so God is saying, I am, I am present, and I am one who keeps my promises. Yeah. That's who he is. Who am I? I'm present, and I keep my promises. Mm.
1: Go and bring together the elders of Israel and tell them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, appeared to me, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I have attended carefully to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and Jebusites, and to a land flowing with milk and honey." The elders will listen to you, and then you and the elders of Israel must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So now let us go three days' journey into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. All
0: right. So yeah, there's the strategy, right? God's like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the elders, and then you and the elders are going to go to Pharaoh. It's going to be great, right? It's (laughs) going to be great. You're going to love it. Um, Here's what uh, I, I thought was such a... Great little cap, uh, thing that stood out for me in this little section. Which, um, so I don't know if you knew this, but God of the Hebrews, that phrase, God of the Hebrews, is a title that's only used in the book of Exodus. It's the only place that it's used. Um, since Israelites generally only refer to themselves themselves as Hebrews to foreigners, some have related the term Hebrew to the, I'm gonna say it, he, the, the term Hebrew to the apiro Habiru, whatever, known from ancient texts during this period, okay? And those words that were used to, that they think are the same for Hebrew, those words are not an ethnic designation, but it's a sociological one referring to displaced peoples. Now, what does that, and why does that matter? It, because God of the Hebrews means God of displaced people. How beautiful is that? Yeah. And think about that in today's context. Think yeah. about that in today's what's happening at the border. Think about what's happening around the world with I yeah. can't remember the last numbers that I saw of how many displaced people there are yeah. in the entire world and who is our God? Yeah. He's the God of displaced people.
1: Right. This goes right in with some of the stuff we Come studied on. when we were going through James, right? That the the emphasis on hospitality to them is yeah. literally the word, the love of other. Yeah. Right? Mm. Z- uh, it's the word, where we get the word xenophobia, it's the word uh, xenof- xenophilia, the love of others. And that, that's such an emphasis. That is yeah. such a beautiful, like, theme that runs throughout the entire yeah. thing.
0: God of displaced peoples. Mm. When someone asks you who your God mm. is, God of displaced people. Mm. That's who I love. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, wow. Verse 19. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Not even under force, so I will extend my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonder uh, that I, I will do among them, and after that he will release you. I will grant this favor uh, with the, uh, I, will, I will grant this people favor with the Egyptians, so that uh, when you depart, you will not leave empty handed Every woman will ask her neighbor and the one who happens uh, to be staying in her house for items of silver and gold and for clothing. You will put these articles on your sons and daughters and thus you will plunder Egypt.
0: Yeah. Hmm? You're like, okay, is that how this is, yeah. So Moses is not convinced, he has a third response
1: verse uh, chapter 4 verse 1 Moses uh, answered again and if they do not He's bel- like
0: thanks for that plan but just <laughs> yeah. um, hold one on one more thing <laughs> just, <laughs> just yeah <laughs>
2: sounds
1: good <laughs> yeah. reminds of Abraham and his negotiations yeah, yeah. with God about Sodom if i can find 40 righteous people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. how about 30 how about 10 yeah. you know just i one. think it gets all the way down one. to 10 yeah, yeah. yeah. um verse 1, Moses answered again, and if they do not believe me or pay attention to me, but say the Lord has not appeared to you, uh, the Lord said to him, uh, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it to the ground, and it became a snake, and Moses ran from it.
0: As anyone should do.
1: Yeah, and the yeah. snake was the symbol of um, powers, the a symbol yeah. of uh, Pharaoh, yeah, and so there's some incredible uh, symbolism going on here. Um, But the Lord said to Moses, "Uh, put out your hand and grab it by the tail. Yeah. (laughs) So he put out his hand. Like, do you know how to handle snakes? I'm just
0: wondering. Like, this is not, yeah.
1: He put out his hand, he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. Uh, That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. The Lord also said to him, put your hand into your robe And so he put his hand into his robe, and when they brought it out, or when he brought it out, uh, there was his hand leprous like snow. He said, Put your hand back in your robe. So he put his hand back in his robe, and when he brought it out, uh, there it was, restored like the rest of his skin. If they do not believe you or pay attention to the former sign, then they may believe the latter sign. And if they do not believe, even these two signs are, or listen to you, then take some water from the Nile and pour it out on the ground and the water you take out of the Nile will become blood on the dry ground.
0: All right, so the three signs that the Lord gave Moses, each most likely had symbolic significance. So as Paul mentioned, the rod was a symbol of authority in Egypt and Pharaoh was re- represented by the serpent figure that was actually featured on his crown. So the first sign suggests that Pharaoh and his authority are completely in the power of God. That's what that first sign symbolically represents. The second sign inflicts a skin disease, often translated leprosy, on Moses' hand. Um, In fact, however, the Hebrew term used to describe these conditions, uh, when, when that term was used and when the Bible shows that it's inflicted on people, it assumes that it's divine punishment from God um, about hubris, about pride. So those that were leprous in th- the stories in scripture was often because of pride. And so this idea yeah. that God was going to, was, was indicting Pharaoh on his hubris. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, then the third, turning water into blood, shows God's control of the prosperity of Egypt which again was entirely dependent on the waters of the Nile. So um, these are all very specific signs to Moses that would have been very particular to Egypt yeah. and, and demonstrate God above all those, all those things. Yeah. And anticipates the plagues that God will send, which, yeah. yeah, the wonders. Yeah.
1: He responds again.
0: Yeah, so Moses is still like, yeah, I He's don't know. still negotiating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But He's like, "Do you s- see
0: these signs? I don't know if that would. Would that convince you? Would signs like that convince you?" You'd be like, "Yeah, okay, I'm ready." Here we go. <laughs> Maybe.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice trick. Okay.
1: Yeah. So f- finally, um, Moses said to the Lord, uh, "Oh, oh my Lord, I am not an eloquent man, neither in the past nor since uh, you you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue." The Lord said to him, Who gave a mouth to man or makes a person mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Mm -hmm. So now go, and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you must say. But Moses said, Oh, my Lord, please send anyone else (laughs) whom you wish to send.
0: (laughs) Surely there's someone else.
1: He's looking
0: around the desert. I'm sure there's someone. There's got to be. What about that
1: other Moses? Um, Then the Lord became angry with Moses. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he can speak very well. Moreover, he is coming to meet you. And when he sees you, uh, he will be glad in his heart. So you are to speak to him and put the words uh, in his mouth. And as for me, I will be with uh, your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you both what you must do. He will speak for you to the people, and it will be as if he were your mouth, and as if uh, you were his God. You will also take in your hand this staff with which you will do the signs.
0: Yeah. So Moses, last two times trying to get out of it, right? Like, I can't, um, have you heard me talk? I can't even, how am I going to give the speech, right? Right. Like, all the excuses, right? And then um, just anybody, just choose just anybody, just take anyone yeah. else. Um, and what is God? What is God's response again? Well, first, I just love it. He's like, uh, who made your mouth anyway? Yeah. Whether or not you, you were eloquent or not has nothing mm. to do with this, right? Yeah. And yeah. then there's a return, this promise of presence. I will be with your mouth, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I'm gonna be with you. You know what, I'll be with your mouth for God's sake, right? <laughs> I will be with your mouth. Like the words you say will be the words that, the words aren't, you know fine bring your brother he'll speak for you you know and and there's just there's first of all there's no getting out of it which is like the which is the thing about God right is that like our our arguments don't stand against who his his character really his presence and he's and and anyway God is saying over and over again to Moses and he's saying it over and over I think to us all you need is me and I'm promising to be with you. Yeah. You know, um, our own doubts, our questions, our insecurities, our failures, the many ways in which we know that we do not qualify don't actually disqualify us from God choosing and inviting us into the work of liberating mm. in this world. Yeah. Right? Um, In fact, I think our doubts, I was thinking about this because my own doubts and my own insecurities and my own questions might even lack sometimes. Like when someone's like, well, God's with you, and I'm like, you know, like that's not helpful to me, right? I say that because I'm so disconnected Mm -hmm. from, it's just revelatory of my own disconnection that I've forgotten who God is. Mm -hmm. I've forgotten the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm, you know, I have this short-term memory of who God is. It's who God's been in the last five years that I'm not happy about. So I've forgotten all the years prior of what he's done and who he's been, right? It's my own disconnection. It's my own misunderstanding and my own, you know, anyway, disconnect with God and forgetting his faithfulness, that he is faithful to every single one of his promises. This is such a simple thing. It can be so cliche and it can bounce off of us and like not even, but I hope we leave today with this sense of, Okay, God is, who is God? He is faithful to his promises, and he is present. He is faithful yeah. to his promises, and he's present. Yeah.
1: Well, I know I will, because this, this last passage, that that image, you know, we've been talking about the Enneagram stuff a lot. I've been talking about, you know, my Enneagram 1 tendency to be just perfectionistic, and this, this idea of him just being like, I am not good enough, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he, mm-hmm. like that's, we may all express this in different ways, but the Enneagram One folks, we that's our that's our mantra, you know. Just like I can't get it right, I'm I'm not good enough, and to have the answer come back like you don't have to be, you know, like I made you, right? That that's been one of the things that's been really healing to me is like, whoa, what if what if God made us with our you know that we see them as dysfunctions maybe they're not necessarily dysfunctions they're the things that make us need each other the things that make us need God right that's the beautiful thing on the other side of this like this cry of like I'm not enough I'm not good enough is God going like I'm not asking you to be enough you know if you were enough you wouldn't need me and so I'll be enough and that to rest in that is is uh powerful. And it's a message I'm going to have to preach over and over again to, before I hear it. You yeah. know, like yeah. I, need, I need to take that in. If we're recording this, you in. can just listen to it over yeah. and over again. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I can stand that, but because yeah. I'll just be like, oh, I'm not good enough the whole time. <laughs> It'll just be a loop. I'll be like, yeah. oh, I'm not, oh yeah, that's the, that's the whole point.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I just wanted to close with a couple other, this is really quick and we're closing here, but because this promise of God's presence and his faithfulness is not just something that was given in Exodus and it wasn't just given to Moses mm. but later in the book of Hebrews which we we just recently went through but one of the things he says because our worries can bog us down and Hebrews 13:5 says don't be obsessed with getting more material things be relaxed with what you have since God has assured us I'll never let you down never walk off or leave you like this is his promise we might say God I need this and he's like I'm never gonna leave you right mm. and that his presence genuinely. The faithfulness of his presence is what we are actually in need of that will sustain us, that will be abundant, that will give us the joy and the peace and the love and everything that we need to counter all the things that are happening in our world and in our lives, Mm. right? And then, just been thinking about, and this was maybe, this is just for, you know, I know it's not just for Jamie and I, but this definitely applied for, I was thinking, like, there's these big tasks that are in front of us. There's a big task in front of us as the Groves community as we go over to Sunnyside, a huge task in front of us. And it can be overwhelming, and it can be, like, oh, my goodness. Like, Jamie and I were just talking about how we've walked in just with our own selves, not inviting, like, like reminding ourselves, like, God is with us, and if God is with us, that changes everything, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and it matters in the, the the story of the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, as Jesus is read, is leaving and he's telling his disciples, he says, Jesus came up to the disciples and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I'm like, what? That's a big task. <laughs> go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And what does he say? And remember... I am with you always to the very end of the age. And that's what, that's the part that we get to hold on to and be like enamored by and washed in and just reminding ourselves that no matter the task, no matter what's coming at us, God is faithful to his promises and he is present. He is here. Um, Yeah.
1: And my final thought with that was that this work that God calls us into is, uh, is a sacred task done by sacred people who are still fully human and deeply flawed. Mm. And I think that we can do. Yeah. Because he'll be with us.
0: Yeah. You want to yeah. pray?
1: No, let's pray. Lord God, I thank you so much for um, the stories that you have uh, preserved and had handed down to us. Um, that alone is always incredible to me God that you've protected these these stories and that they've, they've come through generations and generations to us to continue to inspire us and to guide us and to teach us instruct us God thank you for the message that uh, whatever the task no matter how difficult or daunting it may be um, you're going to be with us thank you for the message God that we don't have to be good enough to accomplish the thing. That you're the one who made us. That if we feel like we can't speak, your response is, who made your mouth? God, if we feel like we can't, we can't accomplish it, he's standing there saying, who made you? I made you the way you are. And you're the one I'm calling into this work. So God, in this time of response, let us consider that. Let us uh, open our hearts, open our spirits to what work it is that you're calling us into. What part of your liberating, your saving work are you calling us as a community into, us as individuals into? And I just pray that you'd give us images, you would uh, point us in directions, you'd give us uh, dreams, you would wake old dreams that maybe have gone dormant for a time. Lord, that you, um, you'd, you'd let us have uh, an encounter with you uh, through this, this time of looking at your word and even this time of reflecting and responding a little bit. That we would have that encounter with you and that that would send us out uh, from this place to do the work that you call us to. I pray blessing over everybody in this place and all those who aren't here this week, God. And We love you. In Jesus' name.